they were so frustrated with just the word resolve. You keep telling us to resolve. What is this resolving you keep talking about? Like it's so hard to comprehend. So we look like you must need more faith or you just need to pray harder. That's what we are telling you. Or just give more. But like keep tithing. You're like, but, but I've been doing it. What is the problem? We boldly declare that it's your season. Hey, shh. Nani aliamboi mwaka ni season yake? Papa days. We boldly declare that it is your season and it's your time, but the circumstances around you scream that it's not always that simple. Does anyone feel that sentence? But the circumstances around you feel that it's not that? And you're left thinking, this thing doesn't work or it only works for some. In fact, some of you have been joining for 30 a.m. prayers. Faithfully, mwakamzima mkotua apo. In fact, you are the ones who join in the dark. Can I say those people? Because video must be... So you've been faithfully joining the prayers. In fact, we even had a month of fasting and prayer. So you have just been sitting back saying, waiting to flourish in the answered prayers. You're just waiting for testimony Sunday. Because the prayers must be answered. The preacher has said so, isn't it? Ukifanya inafanyika. Preacher alisema. But here you are, still struggling through life. And you're conflicted. Then there are people around us. We all know people from who life just seems to work out. They have a great job, an amazing spouse. They live in a nice hood, drive the car of our dreams, dress in nice clothes. Their kids are well behaved. You imagine your own children and you look at those and you're like, and can get into whatever school they want. And to make matters worse, some of them are not even good people. You all know how you judge guys. That is not a good person. Mkona criteria yenu. Let me leave it to your own. You all are saying, those are not good people. Now, ambianga mtakuja kanye west in heaven opening the door for you. A person you're saying is not a good person. Anyway, let's move on. They don't even go to church. They just play golf on Sundays or sleeping. Like, whoa, me driving here, rushing. There's someone washing their car. They are that big. Nini? Me osha gari anangarisha Sunday morning. But they are sleeping in, getting ready to do a Sunday brunch or choma plot. Living a smooth and recall-free life. And here you are, trying to do the right thing and do it the right way, and life isn't working out. All this just affirms the feeling that God is just not that into you. God is just not that into? Yeah, into me. I mean, when I look around, the people around me keep telling me, where mungu akuonangi. You just keep rushing to that church and God is not seeing you. Then come the other group. They are those Christian friends, hallelujah, who make you even feel worse. They can't stop talking about how things are working well. They say things like, you know, the other day, I did this very important appointment in town and I prayed for God to give me packet. And guess what? <laughs> I just rolled up and then I got packet. Even Koinange Street, for real. You have to look for that guy, beg, leave the keys, you now. Or go to, where is that paid? Kenyari spaces. All saints. But hey, someone just drives in, leaves late. And I just found parking. And then and you answer and say, because they are Christians. Remember, it's Christian friends. So your reply is like, oh, amen. You're there saying, amen. Or they send a message, pray with us. We are trusting God for a baby, a few minutes later, well, a couple of weeks later, but a few minutes later, 
Praise the Lord, we are pregnant. Oh, Najibtu Apo. What are you jibuini on the text? Amen. Ukundani uko lakini mungu. And you smile. And you have been smiling. You meet them, you hug them in church. And you say amen. Wow, that's nice. Then here I am. I've been praying for a job for almost a year. My marriage is in trouble. Have you even been praying for my brother to quit alcohol? I can't even find parking anywhere. My dad has been sick and we are running out of money. My child is failing in school. The pressures of being single is taking its toll. I've been praying and fasting for these things. And God answered your prayer about parking spot. Parking, yani, parking spot mungu alijibutu. I mean, don't you have those moments? Are you kidding, Lord? I mean, I, let's be honest. I'm a to me, I'm the only broken person in this church. Because me, I'm like, seriously, Papa, how is that happening? They barely blinked and they are pregnant. They didn't even, you know, they just blinked and voila. Even you don't want to hear it. You don't want to be in church with those kind of people. Live alone to be in a DG group with them. Mm. Messages every Wednesday, uh, DG, guess what? God is answering even petty little prayers about parking space. I consider it a big thing, by the way, it's all petty. This is what to river to Elewangi Nairobi. And ignoring your life and death issues. In fact, he's answering with space Gonzalez style. Mnokumbuwa Gonzalez. Watu wa hile miaka. It's a Mexican cartoon guy. You don't remember that cartoon? It was the fastest mouse. A Mexican. Yeah, you remember him? Pismidi Gonzalez. Yeah, my corner is over here. Uh, up at <laughs> so these things can leave us angry, confused, frustrated, and disappointed with God. We feel like God has abandoned us, and we so in, in turn, we abandon God. For some people here, that's why you dropped out of church. It could be that you are here today, and you just came to take the box. It's the third month of the year. You're like, we are still have energy to check into church. You, so you have been feeling guilty. Or maybe there was a kind of increment, a promotion in January. Not because you're believing this God or someone dragged you here. Or even you're just a good parent. My kids need to do, you know, Mavuno uh, kids. Ella must grow up in church. Yes, Winnie. So let's just show up and rock in this church. Maybe you're in that spot right now where you're wondering why has God gone MIA on me? Where has God gone? MIA. That's what we'll be talking about this month. Does it sound like some hard truths are about to land on us? Over the next few weeks, we shall go through some stories from the Bible about people whom God loved. They did everything right and were great people. But looking at their circumstances, everything screamed that God was menacing in action. You know, I was telling some people this week, every single thing, every human being in the Bible, every story, live with the knowledge that it can happen to? It can happen to you, good or bad. It's only Jesus we can't be, because we can't be crucified. There was only one savior. But every story in the Bible, the possibility of you experiencing it is there. Amen? So, Musikwange Mkijaja kina David Duko, my hero. Let me lose my thought. Where was I? Ha! We are back. 
So we say, but looking at these people's circumstances, everything screamed that God was missing in action. They need the director to shout, cut, take two. Let's rewrite that script again. But the director was nowhere behind the scenes. In these Bible stories, we shall see how God worked in their lives. And I am convinced God will work in our lives too, even through our difficult seasons. Amen? Amen? So that's what we are doing this month. So the first story we'll look at when we say when, when, we say when God is silent. Today someone is silent when God is silent. When it seems the director is not paying attention to what you're going through. It's found in Matthew 11 from verse 2 to 6. Verse 2 says, Now when John the Baptist in prison heard about the activities of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and asked him, Are you the expected one? the Messiah, or should we look for someone else who be the promised one? This was John in Baptist when he was in prison. In fact, since we are talking movies behind the scene, let's go back like five years earlier. You like those movies? Me, I'm a history buff. It was my best subject. I love it in English. And then, the, so going back, let's take a history right back from this verse. It was the, it was a story where John was in the time of Herod the Great. No, it starts with Herod the Great. Herod was a king in Israel during the time of Roman occupation. He was called the Great, not because he was a good guy. In fact, he was very nasty. He was a very nasty guy, but he was a great builder. This guy was so nasty, he had several, he had, uh, several of his wives murdered. He had several wives. He murdered two of them, three of his sons, and one of his mothers-in-laws. He killed them. I even need to think maybe they broke a cup. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was that nasty. He's the same guy in the Christmas story upon learning from the three wise men who decided that to kill all the two uh, years under. You remember the boys? This is Herod the Great. Herod was so evil that when he was about to die, he gave an order for all the prominent citizens. Arrested and put in prison. Now the reason he did that is because he wanted the day he's dying, there are people mourning him. So he said, on the day I die, execute all these honorable people. So that the whole, there are people mourning. Can you imagine? How nasty can you get? So he wanted to make sure mourning is going to happen. So when he died, the Romans divided his kingdom into two and gave it to two of his sons. The south was given to Herod, somebody called Achi. And in Galilee, was, where Jesus spent most of his time, was given to Herod Antipas. Herod had a third son called Herod Philip, who still lived in Rome, where he and his brother had all been educated. So this Herod, Philip, had married his niece, a lady called Herodias. And together they had a daughter called Salome, right? Afterwards, this got very scandalous because Herod Antipas of Galilee visited his brother, Herod Philip, and fell in love with Philip's wife, Herodias. And they decided to elope, hello. And so Herodias, Herodias, divorced Philip and got married to Herod Antipas and so became queen. She moved back to Jerusalem with him as well as with her daughter Salome. And life was really going well for them. Hey, it looks like this. Who remembers Bold and the Beautiful? Spirit, your brook, your Happened, your brook spirit, talker. I get it now, get it, get it. For those who do not know Bold and the Beautiful, please Google after this. <laughs> hey, please don't. <laughs> anyway, here comes a new character in this story. So, the Roman kingdom now, the whole city. 
John the Baptist is the new character. John was a very interesting character. He was a fearless influencer, raised by God to prayer before coming of Jesus. He became a hero among the common people. They loved John because he was afraid of nobody. And with the history I have just shared, people must have been living in fear, isn't it? I mean, here's John, but you can imagine where he's talking and being an activist. is in the middle of this Herodias legacy. And so he did not fear to speak the truth to power. Well, the problem was when the new Herod brought his stolen wife, eh, Brooke, to the state house, John knew it was against God's law, and he preached quite vocally against it, what the king has done. This guy just didn't do Twitter. He was who on the street. Maybe Boniface Mwangi style, kidogo, apo with pigs and all. <laughs> so the Queen Herodias was furious and petitioned her new husband to do something. Herod was a little afraid of John, but finally threw him in prison to keep him silent. And you can read this story uh, in Mark 6. Um, yeah, but we have also read it in Matthew as we have been doing the New Testament read. But Herodias was not content that John was put in prison. She wanted him dead. Ish. Brooke. <laughs> So here is poor John, thrown into prison for a long time. Not for doing wrong, but for doing the right. See, he was doing the right thing. For doing the right thing. Have you ever felt that you have been doing the right thing over and over again? You work hard to remain on the straight and narrow, and seemingly bad things will still happen to you, or people close to you. That was John. That was John the Baptist. If there is a time when John needed divine intervention, the director just to say, now, rushing, this was it. If ever God needed to make a grand entrance, this was the absolute most critical moment. His body's in prison. And the mama is saying, I want his, I want his head. This was not the time for God to be behind the scene. He needed to be front and center. Because after all, John had been faithful to God, and now he desperately, 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 I mean, by the time you're done, you're desperate. Desperately needed God to help him out. But guess what? Who's God? Did nothing. Did? He did nothing. It was at this point that John must have started to ask himself, did I get everything wrong? I think that's why he sent those guys. labda. I mean, he had already even seen the doves. But you know, as humans, he began to have second thoughts about Jesus. And I mean, who wouldn't? Wouldn't you? I mean, you're hearing your head is supposed to be on a platter somewhere. Here he is doing the right thing. How does he end up at prison cell, facing a threat on his life? So one day when the, his buddies were visiting him in prison, John says, guys, I need to send a message to Jesus. Ask him a question for me. Are you the expected one, the Messiah? Or should we look for someone? He had already started doubting himself. Here's what John is asking. Are you the one? Did I put my trust in the wrong place? Should my hope have been somewhere different? Are you really in charge here, or should I look for someone else? So I wonder if John's disciples replied, wait a minute, John the Baptist. Do you really want to ask us that now? Like, can you imagine the disciples getting confused? Like, Allah, we have been following you faithfully. Things are that sick. You're the one who told us that Jesus was the one. You spent your whole life preparing the way for Jesus. You even deferred to Jesus and he said, he must become greater 
while you become less. I'm just seeing John saying, he must become greater. Now he's in prison selling guys. I'm sure he's even whispering. Can you see that scenario? Can you see yourself in that scenario? Isn't it? So what kind of question is that? Are you saying that all along, you have not even been sure of what you have been saying? All along, have you not been sure of what you've been? Have you ever found yourself in such a situation? Anyone here has ever found themselves in such a situation? Where you're asking God, this story is how. Let me tell you, I have a story like John the Baptist. Me, I feel John the Baptist. You know, a couple of years ago, the, well, it's not too long, history. Many years ago, no, it's not, around 2019. My sister says they wanted to um, do their wedding. Uh, they were married, they just needed to officiate it. Then I remember telling my sister, you'll get pregnant. I'm praying you get pregnant. And then I think a week later I told her, you will have twins. I'd heard from the Lord. Amen. So I told my sister with all confidence, you're having what? The Lord has? The Lord has spoken. So the day my sister called me, um, so this story is very sad, but it's on my side of the story. I, I am glad my sister is not here today. Then the day the, she called the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, 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 you're getting twins. She called me. She's like, oh my God. So you hear God now. <laughs> the thing is, that was 2019. Over the years, since I gave my life to Christ, I hear the Lord. Amen? So I have walked with the Lord. Why I say I feel John the Baptist. I never doubt when the Lord tells me something. I didn't doubt him when he told me, quit your job and go to ministry. I hear the Lord. He prophetically speaks to me in dreams. And I've seen it for people, especially around death. My own brother, other stories, and other people I've called. Some of the, mostly not this member of the church. Some people, random, I hear the Lord. I have walked with the Lord enough to believe him. To trust when he gives me the word, I trust him. In fact, I walk knowing, yeah, the Lord spoke. I'm still awed when, they, like when she called me. I mean, I celebrated, then I had to say, wow, God. Like I still get surprised that I hear there. But I, I walk with the confident up to that time, let me see, before I continue my story, that when the Lord has spoken and I share it, it will come to pass. And I have seen it. So like John, Mimi, I've been walking the Lord, so I know the Lord. And I believe I know him intimately and I'm growing intimately with him. So when the twins come day of daily, we went for a few visits with my sis uh, a week before. We were like, okay, the one baby is not going so well, so we need maybe to induce. We thought about it, prayed about it. I was very confident. Don't worry. This is a plan of the... I mean, the Lord had already spoken the twins. In fact, we were excited. We saw there were girls. We were like, come on now. I'm about to be named. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was like, this is my time. Then we went to hospital. She, was, she went in onto hospital. Immediately she went in. I was at the lift of where the twins were coming out. So I received my nieces. And it was Alexa and Maya. I received my nieces. Maya cried. Alexa was quietly there. The nurses had to pull me away for them to put them in the, uh, the nursery. But I was so excited. I was like, see the Lord. The Lord, now, I'm not even talking about my sister. See me how I'm in this story. 
So my sister is my baby sister. She's always been like my baby sister. So I consider her baby as she's 40 something. So there I was very excited. The husband comes and I'm so excited. I stayed there and I was just like, yeah, the girl. And I was thanking the Lord that the word he spoke through me. And then he allowed me to see that. Be, I mean, I was just feeling, wow, me and the Lord, we are tight. Somebody say tight. I mean, there's an issue, I'm tight. I mean, I was feeling like, yeah, And then I was very humbled because I was like, like, I'm such a broken person. You know how you celebrate then? I don't know whether you guys do that. Then I remember, man, I'm such a sinful person. The mercy of the Lord is real. He's not asking me to be perfect. He can just speak through a broken vessel like me. Then a couple of hours later, things turned around. And we were told Maya is not doing very well. Was I shaken? Do I look like I was shaken at that point? Nah. I was like, do your thing, doctor. The real doctor is that hand is doing, he's, on, he's in church, he's in control. I know the, I know the Lord. And he spoke the word. So they come and say, there's a medicine we need, nini, nini. my brother, you know, Albert rushes to, told, first of all, that hospital doesn't have, I don't want to name it because we were a bit upset, uh, rushes to look for the dawa. They didn't have it. So we have to go to the hospital. Me, I'm like, you know, problem. Relax. The Lord is in. I know the Lord. He spoke the word through me. And I'm his humble servant. Me and John, I'm telling you, me and John, to go to your prison to kill Because you, you know the Lord. So Miss Maya struggled. Something to do with the lungs. Now, in our family, we don't have a history of twins. None, nowhere. Even my twins are prayed for. It was a whole miracle story that I won't get into now. So I had seen the Lord do it, right? So this was just more blessings of miracles after miracle of the Lord's doing. So from, they were born around six something, around nine, ten, they said, okay, we need to do the lungs. Then they came to the room, told us at around midday, uh, are you sure you are not in a smoky area? Now my sister's like, smoky area? I don't even smoke. Like, like now questions are being asked. You know how the doctors have to ask? Just in case they are not dealing with what they think they are dealing with. So from that moment, I followed the doctor and went back to? I said, you think it was third floor? Went back there and I camped. Because I knew the Lord was like, watch any jokes. So we were praying and we were... I was praying and praying and praying. Then it reached a point at around four. It reached a point at around four. They did, um, um, the doctor did, they put this mask thing. Then they did the two fingers. Come on, watch Grey's Anatomy, you just know. even See, that's a, whatever that, I can't even see it. So I looked at it. Hold up. That's not the plan. Like, I know the Lord. I have been praying. So I say now, literally, you know, praying, the Lord, if there is any time, is now. Like, right now. Do it. Do it, Lord. Do it. Testimony, Lord, in. Like, do it. Hey? I guess I'm going at it. Now I say willing from outside. I'm like, no, Lord. What they are doing, because I could see. Now they couldn't keep me out of there. My sister had had a sales, so she couldn't be there. My brother-in-law was looking for another medicine now. I think I'll go to Nairobi Hospital. And I've been there the whole day. So I was like, they can't even remove. I'm just like, what are you doing? Me, I know the Lord. Then now, I started thinking, Allah, am I doing here right? True story. I call Pastor Angie. If she was there, she'll tell you. 
Now I say, crying. He's not hearing me. You pray for real. I think God is not hearing me. Like, he's not hearing me. He's not going as we had thought. Because I knew the Lord. I'd walked intimately. I had seen him tell me things for people and they come to pass. I'd seen him tell things about me and they've come to pass. I mean, I'd seen the Lord. Amen? Maya passed on. Her baby, Maya passed on. That was 2019, August. Let me tell you. Between the grief of an auntie, I entered John the Baptist's story. Lakini mungu, what was that? Why would you give me half measures? Why did you even bother telling me? Let me be surprised like everyone else. Like, why would you put me in this story? Why did you need to speak to me about it? Like, now I entered a full-blown... Uh, some friends of mine told me, you even sound prideful. I said, I'm not being prideful. I even got upset. Because I'm like, but I've walked with the Lord. I've seen him do these things. I've seen him tell me stuff, and they come to... So here I am in this place where John is. And I started wondering, did I really hear the Lord? Like, uh, <laughs> did I tell myself? So you are not going to show up. Why would you tell me about Miss Maya and AJ? And then you take Maya away. That was not the plan. Then I shifted to, why didn't you show me she's going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can nene this way, you can do it. Me, my understanding the Lord is very people. You speak. We are in a relationship. Why did you not show me this way? I can tell you, I sounded like a very entitled child, right? I'm like, yeah, Lord, why did you not show me? I'll be back. But isn't it interesting how confidence in God is impacted by our circumstances? Do you see the shift? I was very confident before. But towards the end, as they were doing it, I was there like, yeah, perhaps I did not hear the Lord. Perhaps, I even called Pastor says, but there are cost trackers in the floor, because now I was walking up and down, and Pastor was reminding me how I was screaming, telling her, you pray now, right now. In fact, now the fingers are going down. Like, I was just explain, because now I'm done. Clearly, I'm not the one who's, the Lord is not listening. He's not listening to me. My confidence in God had been impacted by that circumstance and had been impacted because I believed I was working with the Lord. I've had the Lord. I've experienced him before. I'll come back. Is anyone immune to us, to this? Are you immune to it? Are you immune to having your confidence shaken when God by a circumstance. Are we immune? Some of us, since the beginning of this year, things have been working out for you. Your job, your relationship, business, or even school. And you feel so confident that God is on your side. Amen? We feel very confident. Your view of God is amazing. Awesome. Now, Mark, you at 2019, when my, my niece was passing on, my bro had already passed on, and the Lord had shown me and he had shown me to the end. So me, I was confident the Lord shows to the, to the end. He never leaves me hanging. True story. My bro was dying in 2010. I saw Nini and I prepared my family. And I told them until a certain thing happens, he's going to pass. And the kept saying, is it today? I said, has he gotten saved? No. And then you guys chill. 
he's still spitting blood and uku coughing, he can't speak, but I'm like, if he's not born again, he's not dying because we had already agreed with the Lord. So you see my history with the Lord. That is just one. So you have, you, your view of God is amazing. I had a great view of my father, an amazing view of my father. But maybe you're like John and I, John the Baptist. Things have been going south for you. You are still job hunting. Your child has been in and out of hospital. Your marriage isn't working. Your bills are way overdue and you're about to be auctioned. And you're praying and praying and praying and nothing seems to be coming. And you feel God doesn't care. I can tell you at some point, I was like, sincerely, Lord, Miss Maya has to leave. It's like somehow God becomes different because our circumstances are different. Does that happen to you? Where sometimes you decide somehow God has become different because this circumstance is not according to plan, is not according to my desires, is not aligned to my prayer request. So you see, John the Baptist, all that he has seen and all that he has heard, all that he knows, and he suddenly his view of God is no bigger than his prison cell. He begins to doubt. And that's what makes Jesus' response so incredibly relevant for all of us. This is what Jesus said. Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed by healing and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed, joyfully, favored by God, is he who does not take offense at me, accepting me as the Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation. Amen? John was probably hoping Jesus would have sent a message saying, go tell him to come. Ama, prison break about to happen. Go tell him, huh? Yeah, 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 tell him when he gets out of the prison and he's just putting his head on the galleton. Shella, to be a greater testimony. Me, I imagine if I was John, I would probably even by the time I'm being walked out of prison, I'm like, he's still coming, he's still coming. I said, my head is being laid there, the guy is sharpening the knife, I'm like, this testimony, eh? Mutajua God and I, ah? Me, I'm sure that's what John was. I just imagine when you go to heaven, it's like, dude, what am I doing here? You want me to hang around with you for a bit, you know? But the Lord is like, you can't you hear I'm busy doing, you know, things are happening. I'm in the business of salvation. If Jesus, his reason was probably something like Jesus is the Messiah, I'd have been broken out of this jail. Which was true. I was convinced, since the Lord had told me about Maya, the twins, um, she gonna live, right? Me, I was convinced. Like, I didn't worry as the doctors were doing all they were doing. In fact, my sister says, after now, I went to the room and told her, so I went to, my, to her and told her, Miss Maya is, uh, you know, not around, nini nini. So we did our screaming. Any the mind is an interesting thing. So we, of course, we had our mom cried, and then we went to the nursery. We took my sister. Now my brother-in-law had come. So she, you know, had her, you know. Then I took Maya. And I said, tell you, Maya. My sister gives this story better. I said, tell you, Maya, okay, enough now. True story. Enough now, wake up. True story. I said, speaking life, like, wake up now, Maya. That's, like, that's enough. Me, I know how this story was supposed to end. I'm supposed to be raising my nieces. Like, no, we were four girls. I was like, my sister has four girls. So I started, to, the nurses got confused. Who's the mother here? Because <laughs> then I started patting Maya. True story. Maya, now wake up. 
okay, that's enough now. Even my, my son Eric was there. She says, you just, you just said, oh, my sister had to tell me, give me, give me Maya. I'm like, confused, why? She hasn't woken? She hasn't woken up. This wasn't the plan. We see, and then the interesting story thing happened during that time. The day my sis was to give birth, you hear the lemma, what was the nini? The lemma, walking, the lepers are cleansed. And he like, who's like God? There was a Mavunite having twins. Same time, same time, had got some healthy baby boys. So, I mean, the Lord was moving. In fact, when I visited them, because Pastor Jane must visit, I visited them. Uh, two days later, after I'd calmed myself down, I was looking and I was saying, I was looking at the boys and I was saying, Maya was not a difficult thing for, for God. Even that reason, even after going flat, if the Lord had desired for Maya to leave, it was no brainer. Because at the same time, he brought forth two healthy baby boys. And I really celebrated. In fact, uh, I'm not sure I held myself. I only cried and I left. I said, Lord, you're still at work. Like, where are you? Like, who are we? And I said, asking myself, who am I? <laughs> you know, we see that Jesus strangely answers us, even as he answered John's doubts, by pointing to what God's doing outside his prison cell. He was basically saying, your mission was to prepare the way for me, and look what God is doing. Your being in prison has not changed God's purpose in your life. Your current circumstances have not caught God by surprise. Whatever you're going through, John, Whatever you're going through, Phyllis, Catherine, whatever you're going through, it doesn't change who you are in God. It doesn't change God's plan at all. Amen? Whatever you're going through, Sarah, it doesn't change who you are in God. It doesn't change God's plan at all. Jesus was reminding John about the bigger picture. And this is the cruise of the matter. What Jesus was saying to John and I believe is what he says to me. Eventually, I go to this same sentence. I'm still the same. My plans for you have not changed. Even when you don't see my hand, you can still trust my... Even when you don't see my hand, you can still trust my... You can still trust my heart. You see, at that point, one of the things that was shaken about me is that I said, telling God, maybe... I actually should not be prophesying. I should not be given word. Like Nirudi too. You know how you said I should queen? Who sent you? Eh? I'm saying tell myself, who sent me? I started thinking, I, I'm not called to speak in truth. I actually started thinking, I need to be keeping what I hear from the Lord to myself. Don't share it. <laughs> Die with it. Don't let anyone know. I remember so clearly that I'm not called by the Lord to be a minister of his word. I actually started doubting, is this, this is not what I was meant to be doing. But the truth is, this hadn't changed God's plan and purpose for me. Amen? That he had called me to spread his love, live a life that directs people to him. Invoke the move of God in people's life. Be an instrument of healing. It hasn't changed. I'm in the service of the kingdom of God. That circumstance did not change that. But at that point, at that point, that circumstance for me made me feel the Lord has changed it. 
It is very unfortunate, I must confess, that whenever we face a tough situation, we shrink God to the size of the situation. Isn't that what we do? We shrink God to the size of our situation. That's what I did. That's what happened with John. Here's the thing. John had been very clear about who Jesus was until he got stuck in prison. Then he asked, are you the one? Because all you could see was his prison, morning, noon, and night, day after day after day. All he saw literally was a prison wall. My prison lasted for a bit because Miss Alexa stayed in hospital. She was um, a few kilos lighter, and she, she had a problem trying to... So she had to stay longer. So my sister had to spend more time there, which means we kept on going. And I realized at that point, I couldn't pray even for Alexa. So I was just there waiting. Because now I'm like, I don't know. What do I know? Is he listening? So the doctors are saying, we can see there's a blockage on the stomach. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> me, I've checked out of this story. Me, I'm here for my sister. Let me give her enough hugs. We cry. I don't know. The Lord is just not hearing me. So I, sincerely, I just kept on holding my breath. Every time my sister or my brother would call out like, okay, 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 Lord. You know, my prison was real. This happens to us as well, even to you all. Like John the Baptist, all we can see are the walls of our circumstances. Unfortunately, we begin to reach certain conclusion that my circumstances, again, reflect what God thinks and feels about me. Have you ever been stuck and there are circumstances tell you this is what God thinks and feels about you? Isn't it true? We start thinking, this is what God thinks and feels about me. And God is saying, nope, the circumstances do not. There's a bigger picture. My plan of which you are a part is being carried out. Your current circumstances do not reflect how I feel about you. Even when you don't see my hand, you can still trust my heart. Amen? The Lord is saying this morning, if when, when you don't see my hand, you can still trust my, you can still trust my heart. This for sure is one of the most, de definitely one of those two that we love to hate or we don't even want to hear. Me, I'm with John. You should just have come. It's a better testimony. Hallelujah. It is. It's a better testimony. But what it tells us is that God's sovereignty dictates that, yes, he can overrule circumstances to fulfill your desires. But he can also overrule your desires in certain circumstances. That is a truth. That God's sovereignty, that he's sovereign, who he is dictates, meaning it's a guarantee. He can overrule your circumstances to fulfill your desires. Isn't it? We have seen him, people have been told, stage four cancer, then they heal. Yeah? But he can also overrule your desires in certain circumstances. He can overrule your desires in certain? In other words, our God doesn't stop being God, whether we are going through good or he doesn't stop being who? He is still God and his plan for you is being carried out. That is a truth. He's still God and his plan for you is still being carried out. Things may not be going according to your plan or how you had envisioned. But Jesus is saying to you today, like he said to John, will you stumble because you wanted something different from what I offer? Or will you follow me in the path I choose to lead you? This is what the Lord is asking you. 
could be even holding on to our grief. A circumstance that had never changed, a marriage you prayed for and it broke, a child, a sibling, whatever it is, and you're like, it's not happening. It has made your faith waver. But will you stumble because you wanted something different from what I offer? Or will you follow me in the path I choose to lead you? Will you trust me with your life regardless of what you're going through? Will you trust God with your life regardless of what you're going through? You trusted me when things were good. God is saying, I haven't changed. God hasn't? God hasn't changed. Even when you don't see my hand, you can still trust my There's a bigger picture for you beyond the prison cell. Whatever it is today that didn't turn out as you wanted with God and you're still frustrated or disappointed. Beyond the prison walls, there's beyond the good and the bad times. There's a bigger picture. Now the truth also, you may not understand it now. In fact, you may not even understand it in this lifetime. Somebody say God is sovereign. You may not understand it now, and you may not even understand it in this lifetime. But God wants you to trust him anyway. Even when you don't see his hand, you can still trust his. You can still trust his heart. Jesus sent the disciples back to John to report what they have heard and seen. And I believe that's what God is saying to us. Look back and see what I've done in your life. Look at the answered prayers when you are a troubled teenager. And I rescued you. When I provided food, transport, friends who have walked with you. When I saved your marriage. When I gave you a child. How many times have I extended grace to you? Mercy to you? Protected you? All those past experiences, they were real. It was true. It hasn't changed who God is to you. So this morning, this is what I'm saying. So look outside your current prison. And remember to take courage in the fact that God was real back then in your good times, and is real today. That's a message today. Just because he's not doing what you want right now doesn't make him less of God. Amen? If you really believe that, just because he's not doing what you want right now, what you want right now, what is disturbing you right now, that prayer request that you have seek God over and over does not make him less of God. Amen? Even when you don't see his hand, you can still trust his you can still trust his heart. You see, when God is silent, he's not absent. That is what I learned. When God is silent, he's not absent. This has been a hard truth for me to live out for real. Because I've experienced many silent moments with God. In fact, that um, Miss Maya living brought this out and prepared me for many things that came after that. Had breaking moments where if I had just not been, had my moment of telling the Lord, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would have weathered what came after that. In spite of what God hasn't done for you lately, he's not absent. In spite of the fact that nothing is changing for you, he's not absent. Aren't you guys to hear? He's not, he's not absent. It's as if God looked through the pot of time and, I, and he sees your frustration. He sees your hopelessness. He sees you on the verge of walking away, of giving up. Don't give up on him. 
There's a still a blessing when we do not stumble or turn away, when things don't go our way. God is not absent. When we don't see his hand, we can still trust. So Miss AJ was not doing well. They, they said there was a blockage. Okay, we had seen it in the scan is why they had to come out early because she was not feeding. So she was a bit underweight. So they had a stomach issue. And I remember when they said they have to do some certain test. And then, um, and I remember the day they were doing the test, then they come and tell us what it is. Because of course they say, we don't know. You know, you know. I remember I couldn't eat. I couldn't pray. To love you people. This is what happened, Alexa. Mimi ntaka kwa nyumba yangu. Nigoje tu. Because now me, I was shaken. I was like, what do I know? Me, I thought we were tight with God. In fact, I was still stuck. You're still allowing this to continue. <laughs> like, what? We are still on this story. So when my sis called and said, they have said what it is, they can remove it uh, by diluting something in the stomach and Miss Alexa just needs to stay for another three weeks in hospital or something. I was so relieved that I was wailing on the phone. And my sister kept on telling me, I was consoling my sister another time. There are moments where she's the one who consoles me. And I can tell you up to today, I still do not understand why Maya. I still don't. I still don't understand why he let me know, why he made me tell my sister, why my sister had to go through that and my husband. Then why not answer me on the corridors? Because on the corridors, I'm looking very shishete. All these guys were like, Uni mungu. Then the next minute, I'm on the floor. Like, he didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, honestly. You guys don't want to be there. I can, oh, it's a bit dramatic. You know, I still see babies being treated in those medical shows. And I still see them and say, wow, God. I don't get it. But I trust your heart. So there's a show I watched, and uh, as you can see, I'm a TV buff. And the guy told the, I'm probably only June will know who it is. Kevin Costner told the daughter-in-law that we are the ones who grieve. The baby who's left knew they were loved. That's all they did. They knew they were loved. They didn't die thinking nobody loves me. They experienced the love of the mom. Like, if you watch that clip, it's for tea as well for me. Like, for real, Miss Maya lived out his purpose. He knew he was loved and everything. It's the rest of us. But every time I watch, I'm still asking the Lord, eh? Uh, what was that about? <laughs> One thing is for sure, it didn't make me realize how sovereign God is. No matter how tight I feel, no matter how I feel, of course, after some time, my, I went back to saying, okay, Papa, and and he is a good father because he sat with me in that confusion. He sat with me in, in my doubt. Like, should I ever tell anybody anything you have said? Should I ever? Should I ever speak the truth that I know are true? Because I don't know the outcome. Then he's telling me, the outcome is not upon you. You say, who made you God? Who made you God? The truth is, we have to learn to trust that he holds the bigger picture and he wants us to learn to trust him in anyway. He wants us to remain faithful. He wants us to know that his plan for us remain intact, regardless of whether things work out how we want or not. Church, are you hearing me? 
Are you guys hearing me? He wants us to say, regardless of how things work out, even when I don't see your hand, I can still trust you. Now, trusting God in the unknown is one of the hardest parts of this journey of faith, in my humble opinion. The bottom line is that God is sovereign. There are things we shall know, some in part, some in full, and there are things we shall never know or understand. Isn't that the truth? That is a truth that we must live with. That is a truth that as your child of God, you must live with this truth that God is sovereign. So we must resolve and choose to live with the unknown, with the full acceptance that God is still good. Amen? That he is with you and you can still trust him. Amen? Did you guys hear me? It doesn't mean you, need, you won't need to work through your disappointment. But they, this is not the one. And I've seen, we, I think I've said it before here. God can handle your emotions. So work through the disappointment. Work through the pain. Or even the frustration of that season. But the difference is to go through it with God, not outside him. Amen? Because he's sovereign, he's the same one who will bring the peace and the comfort. Amen? He's the same one who will tell you, I am still your good papa. You're still aligned to my will over your life. If you lack words, like me some moment, use Psalms. Psalms allows me to wail and say everything I want to say. They just haven't acquired a Nigerian version where it allows me to slap the devil. Because I do want to slap the devil sometimes. So remember, God can handle your emotion. So resolve and choose to live with the unknown, with the full acceptance that God is good. He's with you and you can still trust him. Even in these circumstances where God is silent, where the outcome was not your desired outcome, where you will never understand on this side of eternity why that turned out how it turned out. Amen? Choose to trust that God is good. I repeat, choose to trust. Wrestle it out with God that you can trust him even when you do not understand the outcome of that prayer that had you rolling on the carpet. There's this verse, Proverbs 3, 5. After John 3, 16, it was my next verse to cram. <laughs> My entire time. Trust and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Amen? Amen? You can trust God's heart. You can trust God's heart. 